0: Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.
1: Hi there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe. I'm your host here every week, and we bring you tips, education, and updates on anything having to do with your home, whether you are actually in the real estate market or if you're looking for ideas, things to do around your home, improvement ideas, whatever, this is a great place for you to be. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, Mortgage Broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Seles, Insurance Advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Bove. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole home show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. It's been my pleasure being your host here every, every week here on the weekends. It has been we're in four seasons now over 200 episodes we've had so many great guests and topics to talk about speaking of which, by the way, we podcast so if you're a podcast listener you can find any of our past shows by going to iTunes or Google play look on uh, look for the whole home show with me Tony Joe, and you can listen to your heart's content. Now for me, of course. This is not my day job. My day job is helping people buy and sell real estate. And I've been doing that since 1991. I've had the privilege of helping hundreds of people around here in Greater Victoria. Proud to be ranked a top agent in REMAX of Canada. And I'd be pleased to help you as well, too. So if you need my help for a second opinion or uh, ideas about maybe moving give me a call and of course you can also find my contact information or the rest of the whole home show team members by visiting cfax1070.com look under shows and there you'll find us the whole home show with me tony joe we'd be happy to chat with you this week we're having a conversation about some of victoria's history because after all we're in october now and when people think october and the weather starts changing. It's getting gloomier and wetter. What do we think about Halloween, of course? And when it comes to Halloween and ghost stories in Victoria, who else would one go to but John Adams. John Adams is founder and historian. He runs Discover the Past. He does walking tours of Victoria. More specifically, ghostly tours where he brings people to some of the key locations in Old Victoria, cemeteries, many places that we're used to seeing on a daily or regular basis, but we don't know the stories. We'll be talking about some of the stories with John. I love having him on. He is someone I've known for many years. I've gone on these tours, by the way. You know, there's nothing like learning more about your hometown than actually learning about the history and not just normal history, but some of the spooky history, too. And uh, he's going to bring us some great stories as he always does. By the way, folks, if you would like a topic discussed or something covered here on our program, please do reach out to me, uh, tony at primeteam.ca. Google Tony Joe Real Estate. You will find me uh, or give us a call, 250 419 7439. We will bring it up on, on the air. I want to give you guys a quick little update as to what's going on right now. The market remains busy. Now, uh, sales are down. Yes, they have been down for the last few months. Does that mean that the market is softening? Uh, I hate to say it, folks. Uh, The answer is no. And one of the reasons is because we hit yet another record low inventory level in Victoria in the month of September. We have never had such few listings. And what happens, of course, is if there's nothing to sell, there's nothing to buy. And I use this analogy all the time. It's like going into a store and if the shelves are empty, of course, the store is going to have a quiet day as far as sales are concerned. We need more inventory. We have an inventory shortage uh, in Victoria. Actually, it is true all over the place. You know, guys, if you're going to the appliance shop and you're finding out that there are supply chain issues, guess what? happens in real estate as well too. And the demand continues high. I mean, even today on a Monday, I'm pre-recording this here, uh, as you guys know, we've been doing during COVID. uh, We've already received two calls this morning from people who are relocating here from Ontario. Uh, It's because Victoria is a destination of choice. It's where people want to come to. It seems like the good opportunity for people. Our town is growing. We don't have enough stock and inventory and we're not just talking resale by the way we're also talking new inventory and people often ask me well you know what other new developments or um, uh, vacant land is there out there there is none and these things take a while to ramp up so if there's nothing out there right now it means especially in the realm of condominiums it takes two years to build if not more so there is going to be a further shortage moving forward here guys uh, and that's just what's happening right now. Is it tough out there as a buyer? You bet it is. It's difficult. We, uh, we were involved last night with a, a property, 19 offers. And our client went in very, strong, very, very strong, and they didn't get it. So if anyone's telling you there's no more multiple offers bidding wars, uh, yeah, folks, that's not true because we are bumping into that on a regular basis. Listen, what I do want to talk about uh, really quickly here, and it's another question that's come up quite a bit recently. And that is preparing a home for sale. So if you are somebody who's thinking of going to market, you're probably wondering what you need to do to get the house ready. Now, I want to talk from a general standpoint here, because of course, um, you know, the point in time that we are at right now with multiple offers, bidding wars, craziness, that doesn't last forever. By the way, folks, that will go away at some point in time. Um, but there are certain things to consider when you're preparing your house for sale. You know, at the very least, get it clean and tidy. And, you know, there are some of the basics, things like countertops, bathrooms, um, get them tidy. There's a difference between how you sell your house and how you live in your house. That could mean uh, simple things like putting your toothbrush that is often on your bathroom countertop, maybe into the cabinet while showings are happening. Um, You know, even though the market is moving quickly right now, there's that old saying, you don't get a second chance on a first impression, right? So make sure your house is uh, looking its best. Now, you may not need to do some of the things that perhaps you would on a in a regular marketplace, in a regular uh, uh, so-called balance market. Uh, some people, I've had people recently ask about, should we replace the floors or should we fix the deck or should we, first of all, safety always. So in the case of the deck, yeah. There was some uh, structural issues there. Get it fixed. The last thing we need is for someone to be having a look at the house and then an accident happening or, or something uh, not good happening. So safety number one, but when it comes to doing any sort of major upgrades or, or renovations, I have to tell you folks, you know, um, there's a lot of benefit to have to selling the house the way it is right now and allowing the next buyer to come in and do what they want to do. Now, Again, in a normal marketplace, perhaps you'll want to do things that sort of uh, tip the advantage in your favor compared to your competitors. But I mean, let's face it right now, there are no competitors. There are no competitors. So just the virtue of having your property on the market is going to be an advantage to you. Uh, I just want to go back to clean and tidy. Do yourself a favor. and it's a, suggest- a suggestion that I often give to sellers is bring somebody in, an unbiased person, somebody maybe that you trust, a friend or a family member, um, have them come in and give them, give you their impression of the property. Now, why do we do this? You know, one of the big ones is smell. Smells, uh, you know, whether it's a smoker's house, or certain kind of food, or pets, or, or whatever. Sometimes friends and family are a little Too courteous, they don't want to say things that will hurt your feeling. Um, Some realtors, by the way, are kind of afraid to bring up things. It's almost as if they're concerned that by saying these things, they might be deemed to be too harsh, and as as a result, might not get the job. Um, I, for one, prefer to be very uh, upfront with uh, clients and potential clients. And I'll say, you know, got to get this dealt with. At least we'll have solutions, though. What are things that you can, can you get an ozonator to remove the smoke smell, Uh, or there's solutions for uh, pet smell and things like that. So get somebody to give you an unbiased opinion. uh, And then uh, as a result, to get your house up to the up to the point where you're ready to go to market. It does require some preparation, even in today's market. um, But just don't go overkill. And that's the thing, you may not need to spend the money to get it on the market, which you may have at a normal time. uh, But we're still in a bidding war situation. And it could make the difference between people making an offer in your house, or just waiting until the next house comes. So If you have any questions about the market or what you can do to get your house prepared for sale, uh, give me a call. You can find me again. Google me online, Tony Joe Prime Real Estate Team or Remax Victoria. Another good person to talk to is uh, Pierre Beauvais, who is our show partner with Silhouette Home Inspections. uh, Always available for great advice as well. We're going to take our first break here. When we come back, we'll be having ghostly walks talks with John Adams at Discover the Past back in just a moment
0: you're listening to the whole home show with tony joe on cfax 1070
1: thanks for coming back you're listening to the whole home show and i'm tony joe of course one of the legends about our little town here of victoria is that it's a spooky town and of course here we are in october we have to have conversations about stuff that has happened in the past and who better to have on our program today then another local legend it would be john adams john is with discover the past and ghostly tours john thanks for coming back tony it's always a pleasure well you know what i don't know what happened last year i think it was because we were in covid and scheduling stuff I, I can't believe i missed you you have been a regular fixture on this program for the the four years being running it because so this is really important to talk about victoria as a city and and uh and of course during this time of year some of the spooky stuff so now first of all let's tell our listeners about what it is you do well first and foremost i'm a
0: historian i've written a number of books and have a couple more coming out history books but years ago i don't know exactly when it was 30 40 years ago i became fascinated by ghost stories which wasn't really all that part of my my upbringing but Nonetheless, um, I discovered Victoria has lots of them, and anyone who's lived in town for any length of time will probably understand that, yeah, there are lots of ghost stories here. So I began collecting them and discovered I, I do lots of walking tours as well, history tours to begin with, 40, 50 years ago, but then at Halloween, people kept saying, Tell me some ghost stories. I didn't really know that many. So I began putting some of them together. And, well, about 30 years ago, began uh, telling ghost stories on a regular basis. I started my own company called Discover the Past 21 years ago. And we do history tours by day and ghostly walks by night. And the ghostly walks, to be honest, outdraw the history tours 10 to 1. (laughs) And so I love ghost stories. I love history, too. But uh, I spend a lot of my time collecting ghost stories, documenting them, and telling them. And my company uh, has been going now for 21 years, and we we have other guides as well. My son, Chris, works with me pretty well full-time, and uh, we've got many other guides as well, especially at this time of year as we lead up to Halloween.
1: Well, and by by the way, I mean, the, the ghost stories, that's not just Halloween. I mean, this, this is a year-round uh, a curiosity for people as well, too, right?
0: Yes. Uh, we discovered that Halloween, October, yeah. uh, from the 1st to the 31st, is our busiest month of the year by far mm-hmm. for Ghostly Walks. But we do the tours year-round, and uh, we always get people on those tours. And it's the summer, of course, with tourists in a, in a normal year uh, can be quite busy. But in the middle of the winter, January, February, what are you going to do? On that rainy night, you bring an umbrella and you come down to, to take one of our Ghostly Walks tours. So, yes, we, we do them year-round. And... Um, we, um, we discover sometimes that in the winter, it's more local people, and we sometimes get more people in the winter than we do on some of the su- nicer summer nights when people want to go off and do other things outside.
1: Oh Fantastic. Well, well listen, as somebody who has attended a number of your, uh, of your walks... Uh, I just wanted to put it out there to our listeners. In case you're wondering what this looks like, you've probably seen, John, with a group of people uh, down in downtown Victoria. Um, it's basically a, a walking tour group. You've got equipment, John. You've got like a, a speaker that, uh, um, and a headset so that your attendees can listen. Um, it, it, it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: We we discover that um, if the group is large enough, we we do need to use um, some some amplification if if it gets really noisy. And downtown Victoria can sometimes be noisy.
1: Yeah, well, well, you know, of course, here we are. We're still uh, in the pandemic, and of course, last year was an interesting one. Uh, although, of course, as an outdoor activity, this doesn't seem to have affected uh, people wanting to take tours because you've continued to do them, uh, albeit under COVID health protocols, right?
0: True. So uh, when when COVID started and th- the word came out that we, we couldn't gather anymore, indoors or outdoors, and certainly not large groups, um, we um, we did what everyone else uh, was supposed to do, and we, we stopped doing the tours. Uh, we started doing virtual tours, mm-hmm. and so Zoom and virtual activities, we've done lots of those. Um, it's kind of fun in some ways, except we miss having the audience in front of us. Um, so... Yes, we, we did stop. And we stopped and started whenever we could start again, we did. And then we stopped again when we had to. <laughs> yes.
1: uh,
0: so it has been kind of weird. But we had calls even in the middle of the the the, the lockdown. Are you doing tours? Oh, sorry, we're not doing them right now. But um, and so as soon as we started them again, the numbers picked right back up. Okay. So there, there's, there seems to be a pent up demand. But we're discovering that, that Zoom and virtual activities really have been able to fill in part of the, the void. But there's nothing better than being outside on a dark and spooky night, hearing a ghost story at the place where it actually happened.
1: Oh, my. All right. Speaking of ghost stories, we, of course, you you have a lot of stories. And, um, you know, again, Victoria is kind of known for this kind of uh, spooky history. Why is that? Like what what uh, what makes Victoria special in that way?
0: A lot of people ask that. And some cities that have ghost tours say, oh, we're the most haunted city in Canada, in the States, in Britain, whatever it might be. Uh, we claim to be the most haunted city in the Pacific Northwest. So you know, British Columbia, Washington, parts of Oregon. Yeah, we have more ghost stories collected. We've got hundreds of them. Um, and why well many people say it's because there has been a long history here and we have to include of course the indigenous people who are still here but have been here for thousands of years yeah when people die the spirits remain and theirs are here of course along with everybody else's so there's a lot going on but many places have had indigenous settlements as well so why would victoria have more ghosts now a lot of people say it's because people here are more in tune with this sort of thing and Although we all know that Victoria is not just a little bit of old England, for many, many years people said it was, and well, I'm not sure we all believe that, but there were lots of British people here, and if you go to England, especially, you don't go very far before you're visiting a haunted castle or a stately house and they tell you the ghost stories they're not afraid to tell their ghost stories in in England, or Scotland and Ireland for that matter. And so when those people came here, when they said, oh, this is like a little bit of old England, maybe they felt at home and began telling ghost stories as well. But I believe there's a physical reason, almost like a geological reason. It's the rocks, the bedrock under the city. It's almost like a magnet, just like the old stone walls of a a British castle. They hold the energy of the people who have lived and died there the bedrock under Victoria, and we all know where those big outcroppings are, Mount Tommy, Mount Douglas, places like that, especially around those places, the energy is very strong. The salt water, the surrounding sea, and we're surrounded by the stuff, does the same thing. If you're trying to get rid of a bad spirit, put out a dish of salt. It's a very old remedy, it works in many cases, but if you mix the salt and water in very large quantities, then it's going to act like a conductor and hold the energy. So cities near the coast, whether it's Victoria or other places tend to be more haunted than inland places. And of course we have had people living here for a very long time, building up the energy layer upon layer for thousands of years. But there's one more thing and that's the fact that we're surrounded by mountains. Uh, Some of them are far away, the Olympics to the south, uh, the Sioux Hills not quite so tall to the west, and if you look at the map of Vancouver Island we have ranges of hills and mountains running up the spine of the the island and to the north and slightly east we have the, the coast range and the mountains on the mainland near Vancouver. So we are surrounded by very large mountains and they act really just like a barrier. The energy that's here stays because these barriers hold it here. So these are a few of the reasons, a few of the reasons and who knows why um, there might be other reasons that I haven't figured out yet, but they're the ones that I've, I've, I've often told about.
1: Well, I got to tell you, you, you got my first uh, um, tingly spine sensation a little earlier there, as you're talking about rock and uh, castles and stuff. I knew this was going to happen. You know, every time I talk to John Adams, I get a little, you know, you, you get that hair in the back of your neck uh, stand. <laughs> I, I want to add though, you know, you talked about uh, British uh, settlers and, and stuff. We talk about uh, stigmatized properties in the real estate language and whether or not people need to disclose if a house is haunted. I got to tell you, I had a learner in one of my uh, courses because he was a brand new licensee. He was laughing and he said, you guys in Canada are lucky because Canada is still a relatively young country. Uh, in Britain, there isn't a there isn't a house or a property where no one has died or been killed or murdered or whatever, you know. And we we all laughed about it because it's it's true, you know. Talking about the uh, uh, the, the differences. Um, listen though, John, we've got to take our uh, our break here. Uh, we're going to come back and hear some stories, some spine tingling stories from John Adams and Discover the Past. We'll be back in just a moment.
0: Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.
1: Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners. Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. JP Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance. The Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs. And Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. As a reminder, by the way, all of our episodes are podcasted. If you're an iTunes or Google Play listener, you can find all oh, more than 200 episodes over the course of the past four years online to listen uh, to your heart's content. We are having a conversation today with John Adams. John is with Discover the Past and Ghostly Tours, because after all, tis the season uh, John, again, thanks for coming back. It's always a pleasure. All right, stories time. You know, let's let's hear. Give us a story. Tell us a little Victoria uh, ghostly story.
0: Well, uh, probably if if people in Victoria have have looked into ghost stories at all, or have taken one of our tours, or read any of the many books and articles that come out, especially at Halloween, um, they will probably know the famous ones. So, Doris Gravelin, the woman who was murdered by her husband at the Victoria Golf Course, September 1936. Seventh fairway, uh, don't go down there in the dark because she's there. There's no doubt about it. A a white shimmering figure. You can actually make out the features and she's gliding across above the surface of the fairway uh, or it's a cold wind or a, a feeling of foreboding that comes over people who are in that vicinity. So she's well known and probably one of the best known in town. And if you go down into Old Town, um, Bastion Square, the place around the, the old courthouse that recently was the Maritime Museum. Yeah, many people have heard about the hangings that took place. It's not, a, it's not an urban legend. They really did take place in Bastion Square back in colonial days behind the jail that stood on the site. And although some of the bodies were removed, yeah, not all were, many of them were actually buried right there and remained. And so when they tore down the old jail and built the courthouse that became the Maritime Museum, they didn't realize at first that some of those bodies were embedded forever under the floor of the building and people wonder why that one is so haunted so these stories are are in the public domain and everybody perhaps knows those stories but we like to delve into some of the uh the more difficult to find ones and we're lucky we get people to tell us uh, their stories so of course everybody thinks about ghosts in places the golf course bastion square
1: old houses whatever
0: houses but let me start off with a story that might be a surprise to some people because ghosts can haunt objects as well and wherever we take that object the ghost goes with it and so it's usually an object that is associated with strong emotional attachment Um, a a favorite book um, a favorite piece of jewelry a watch mirror. If somebody is very vain and they spend all their time looking at themselves in the mirror, when they die, it's not a surprise that perhaps some of their, their spirit will stay in the mirror. So imagine if these things end up in an antique shop or your home or you inherit them, however you get them, the thrift shop, you bring these things into your home and then begin to wonder why strange things are starting to happen. And this happened to a girl. She was a student at Central Middle School back in the 1970s. And she found a bookstore downtown that is no longer there, a used bookstore, and she bought a very beaten up copy of Charles Dickens. Uh, 1860, um, and it included the Pickwick Papers, one of his early novels. Anyway, she was leafing through it when she got home and out fluttered a yellow piece of paper. She leaned over to pick it up. And when she looked, she saw there was a man standing beside her. It wasn't her brother or father. It was an older man wearing a waistcoat with a watch chain and she was terrified but she couldn't even speak and he said don't be afraid but that was my book turn to the inside cover you'll see my name and she did it was in beautiful penmanship Dr. William Porrett that was my book I was enjoying that book but I died very suddenly that piece of paper that fluttered out that's where I was at the time I died will you finish the book for me ghosts of course do come back to finish unfinished business she didn't know that at the time but it was this ghost asking her to read the book so she read a few pages her mother called her for supper the ghost of Dr. Porritt said thank you and he disappeared it sounds totally weird she said nothing to her mother or anybody else for a while but eventually the word got out and others saw him too she would come home from school open the book now where were we said Dr. Porritt's ghost as he appeared and well eventually she got to the end of the book and she was beginning to worry about what would happen. And they'd almost become friends by this time. And Dr. Porritt said, you'll never know how many people have had that book in their hands. When I've appeared and asked them to finish it for me, they've been terrified. They've thrown the book at me. They've, They've tried to destroy the book. That's why the book was in such bad condition. You're the first person who's ever been willing to finish it for me, but that's why I came back. And now that the book is finished, I have no more reason to stay thank you, and goodbye. He disappeared. She tried putting the bookmark in many times. He never reappeared. He had, of course, come back to finish what he had done, but he'd started all those years before. So if you pick up a piece of used clothing, if you inherit something, if you go to a shop and pick up a a used book, mm -hmm, don't be surprised if something like that happens to you. It's actually quite common.
1: Oh, my It must be really interesting. Of course, your background as a historian, because you're able to piece these put these pieces together. And, you know, granted, our I guess our our information or, or, or data wasn't all that great in the old days. You still can put things together like a puzzle, I guess, right?
0: We we always encourage people if they've had an experience of any sort or heard a story, let us know, even if it seems insignificant, because we will eventually we keep all these things. And eventually it starts to fit together. And oh, that fits with that story. That's from the same place. Isn't that the same thing? And, and it takes a while sometimes. Sometimes it fits together right away, but sometimes it takes a while, but yes. And archival research, I have spent hours, hours in archives looking through the documents and so on. And these days it's a little easier on, on the internet. There's so much available. Yeah. to find out you know, who was Dr. Ford, He was a real person. He lives in Victoria. I've been to his grave at Ross Bay Cemetery. Yeah. So these things eventually come together. And uh, yeah, the, the research is something that I really enjoy, but telling the stories is probably the, the, the ultimate pleasure.
1: Well, And as a reminder, these things. so I, you know, you've just called out. If any of our listeners here have a story or something to tell, please reach out uh, to John, John and Chris. It's discoverthepast.com right, discoverthepast.com, uh, and you'll see their website, uh, including ability to uh, to join their tours, their ghostly walks, uh, or whatever. You just mentioned Ross Space Cemetery. It's interesting, you know, born and raised here in town, I, I only went there for the first time to walk around just a few years ago, and it shocked me looking at the uh, gravestones, the years, like there's a lot of old, um, there's a lot of history there, isn't there?
0: It's not the oldest cemetery, but it certainly is one of the most famous cemeteries from the Victorian era anywhere in BC, 1872, that's when it started. And the first grave is right there, Um, a woman who died um, on Christmas Day, 1872, and she was buried a few days later. And although most of the graves are full, there are some burials still taking place if a family has space in their grave. But um, I don't know if you, did you go through in the daytime, Tony, or at night?
1: I, Yes, it was the daytime. It was daytime.
0: The day. We're not supposed to be there at night because there is a city bylaw that prevents people going in, partly to prevent vandalism. Safety. Yeah. But um, if you go in there in the daytime, you might see some ghosts. Some people say, oh, cemeteries shouldn't be haunted places. The ghosts probably haunt the places where they lived or worked. Well, that's true, but they do haunt cemeteries. And the woman who owned part of the land where Ross Bay Cemetery is was Isabella Ross, Her farmhouse was right there, not too far from St. Charles Street, in fact, overlooking Ross Bay. The bay is named after her. Some people think it was her husband, but no, it was named after her. And she has appeared, um, a very distinctive-looking woman. There's only one known photograph of her. She's wearing a very black outfit, a kind of a, it's almost like a, a nun's habit. And she's actually a very attractive woman, but in this photograph, she looks maybe not quite so friendly. But she has been seen sitting in a place, and of course, many people have no idea who she is, they, they, they think that this is kind of strange, and when they approach her, she just disappears. Many people have seen her in one particular place, and many people wouldn't pay much attention. It's only recently that her grave has been marked uh, by the Old Cemetery Society, and well, it turns out that when they see this apparition, she is right there at her grave. So there's a tombstone now to to let people know who this person is, but for many years, people saw the ghost and had no idea, but from the description and the photograph, we knew who they were seeing. That's one of the stories we'll be telling, by the way. I'm also a member of the Old Cemeteries Society. And on the Sunday closest to Halloween each year, we've been doing this since 1990, uh, and this year, Sunday closest to Halloween is Halloween day in the afternoon, we tell ghost stories and one of Isabella Ross's descendants will be there to tell her story on the grave where people see the ghost.
1: Amazing. But you can can see it on
0: your own. You don't need to take a tour to do that.
1: Amazing. Amazing. Well, we're here with John Adams talking about, uh, of course, festive Halloween time and stories, ghostly stories, ghostly walks and discover the past. Need to take our last break uh, of the day. Uh, When we come back, we'll be picking up conversation with John Adams.
0: This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.
1: Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. You know, real estate is much more about just houses and uh, places and features. It's also locations and areas and neighborhoods. Every neighborhood has a past. And how about discovering the past? We're talking today with John Adams from Discover the Past. And of course, because of the time of year, we're also talking about ghostly walks again john as always thanks for for coming back i love to tell ghost stories you sure do um what else do you have for us well
0: sometimes people say uh my house isn't very old it's it might be a modern condo for example doesn't matter Um, yes we can bring haunted objects into our house but the place itself could be haunted from a long way back and yes, it could be indigenous spirits from thousands of years ago, it could be um, somebody who had lived in a house on that very site and we might not even know um, what was there before by the house, um, un- unknowing what was there in the past. And th- there's a good example of, of what can happen, a-, a condo that was built not that long ago probably five or six years ago uh, in the Rockland area. and. We had been telling ghost stories about what went on in that house for some time. It was quite a well-known place. Uh, one of the, the people who had lived in the house had died and um, she had come back and would do strange things like rearrange sets of silverware that throw the silverware onto the floor, open doors, and it seems there were other ghosts in the house as well. A little girl who appeared on the second floor, a door that somehow came off its hinges on several occasions and there was no explanation. So these stories were well-known. The house was torn down a condo built on the site and of course ghosts can stay around they they don't move away when something is torn down or redeveloped in fact sometimes it makes them even more active and we wondered and so one day um, one of my guides uh, was in front of that site telling the story of what used to be there and just kind of saying i wonder if ghosts have come back and what she didn't realize was that some of the people who lived in that condo in the place that really just opened had passed by and they were listening and when she'd finished the story they came up and said are these stories true yes we don't make them up That oh we thought it was it turns out they'd had an emergency strata council meeting the night before because people who had just moved in were starting to discover weird things going on like doors opening and closing and strange sounds, people appearing, the sorts of things that you wouldn't expect. And if it it happens to one person, you might think, oh, my God, I've got to go to bed earlier. But no, it was happening to lots of them. The ghosts had to come back. And it's often the case, of course, they don't always, they're, they're, they're they're going to be there, but they might eventually get used to the people that have moved in and will eventually settle down. That's the good news.
1: Well, you know, that's the question too, is it's like, you know, if you've got a pest, you call the pest removal guy and he sets traps and it's all, you know, it's all done. I guess this is a little different when it comes to um, uh, spirits and all that. What do you do? Like, uh, how how, how do you handle it, right?
0: Well, probably um, if you do, it's best to understand why it's happening to begin with. Was the place haunted? It was this, uh, most ghosts are actually just presences. They're, they're not necessarily scary. We, we like to tell scary stories and watch scary movies and that sort of thing, especially around Halloween. But a lot of ghost stories are simply just presences and they can even be helpful. Sometimes they're, they're neutral. But if you have something that you really don't like, then there are some simple remedies. Salt, that is a good one. A dish of salt, just regular salt, shaker salt will work, but coarse salt is probably better in a couple of places in a room. See if it works, not right away, but it will eventually happen and maybe put in some more. That's one thing. Um, You might have something, um, there are many different uh, ways of moving on the negative energy, uh, whether it's lapis lazuli, jade, silver, many different cultures have different things. Um, Sweetgrass burning, all sorts of things like that. Um, But And if you're religious, well, call in a priest. There are many different ways of moving these spirits on. Of course, if they don't want to go on, they're not going to. They won't move on if they don't want to. But uh, sometimes uh, you can do it simply on your own. But if it's really a problem, then it helps to call in people that really know how to do this. I I don't do this. Um, I I collect the stories and tell them. But there are people um, who are available. Who will come in and do an exorcism? And sometimes it's a very elaborate sort of thing. Sometimes it's a fairly simple thing, and sometimes it needs to be done again if it doesn't work on the first first try. So, but my 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 first piece of advice is: don't try to move the spirits on right away. Uh, just see if they settle down, and don't move them on at all if they're if they're not causing any problems.
1: And and actually, you know, you used the word negative energy a moment ago. It, it occurs to me there are actually people who have purchased properties because of the fact that they have uh, haunted backgrounds. So there are those where this is um, uh, this is this is really uh, fine, right? You're looking at one of them. <laughs> okay, we, we lived in a house. We live in James Bay, an old
0: house. We lived in the old house next door for years, and the woman who lived in the house we're in now was getting on it was her family home she was the last one she died at the age of 90 26 years ago and she left it to her niece we bought it from her niece and Muriel had always said you know they're all here I'm not alone I always wondered about did she need help and so on well we helped her a little bit but no she said I'm not alone don't worry about me well what did she mean by that well she wasn't alone. We soon discovered that the house was filled with her family. Uh, mother especially, father too, and even one of the people who had worked for the family. They're all still here, but things it, it's never been scary at all. Otherwise, we wouldn't have, have stayed. Yeah. But the the energy is definitely here. And when people come into the house who aren't familiar with the house, have strange experiences one woman my wife wasn't well many many years ago and we had somebody who came in to help clean and that woman wouldn't come back she said there's an old woman here watching me she doesn't seem to like what I'm doing well it was probably the the mother of the the woman we bought the house from things like that it's not unusual and so we, we bought the place knowing it was haunted but we
1: bought it anyway um, the other thing, though, too, is you know, for many, it's a, it's a cultural thing. Like there are cultures who who just you know they they're spooked by um, by apparitions and stuff like that, and and there's others you know that the curiosity is there, which is of course the reason why you do what you do. So so give us a little uh, um, taster of what people will see when they go on a ghostly walk with you and your and your. Team. Well, the ones
0: that uh, are taking place at Halloween. Well, our, our tours are about an hour long, sometimes a few minutes longer. And uh, the groups are small. We keep the group size to about 15. We try not to be too much bigger than that. And we start off, and of course, it's better to do them in the dark. And we will, our, our ghostly walks are mostly in Old Town and sometimes the related parts of Chinatown. And we do sometimes stray into the heritage neighborhoods like Rockland and James Bay as well and we'll tell you about 14 or 15 stories on the places where they happened or related in some ways to the uh, to the to the to the to the story and some of them are very old stories uh, going back to the days of the 1850s and 60s the gold rush days when lots of people were coming to victoria and there was lots of change some of them are quite recent uh, some of them happened as recently as a year or two ago and uh, on our halloween tours this year for example we're telling a ghost story of lord dufferin who was in victoria in 1876 he of course, was the governor dufferin general. is a,
1: Dufferin's a street
0: yes that's right uh-huh named after him uh, the ghost story is a rather intriguing one it didn't happen in victoria but it became one of his favorite stories uh, we tell a couple of gruesome stories a woman who was uh, staying at a cheap hotel where market square is today and she slit her boyfriend's throat Well, she spent five years in the Kingston Penitentiary for women for that and had a lot of time to think about what she'd done. She is there. In fact, I just happened to have a picture of
1: her. Oh, so I know the story. Oh, okay.
0: If you happen to be straying into Market Square or you work there and you see this woman... Well, you know, you have seen the ghost of Bell okay. Adams. You've heard the story,
1: Tony. Yeah, I have. Okay, listen, I, I, I have to say, because this is a radio program, and of course, you know, we have to describe this, and I'm looking at you by Zoom, by video, but I got to tell you, the picture there is classic, uh, you know, black and white, uh, old... Uh, <laughs> I don't get spooked easily, but that's
0: <laughs> that's quite something. Well, that, that that's, a, that's a classic story. So oh. we, we are telling that again. And, and the story of the woman who was murdered in a horrendous style on her way home and her ghost has appeared. Um, yeah. Waddington Alley, that famous alley paved with wooden blocks, people walking along there here, somebody following them, wearing an old-fashioned suit, but is not there in a moment. Who is it? Well, we'll find out who that is on one of our tours. And we tell the story of the haunted book in front of a used bookshop. We tell the story of Helmkin Alley, the chain gang is seen marching through the alley, the stories of the hangings, the story of a couple of old pubs, the story of a woman who was from Victoria, whose family ran a restaurant in Trounce Alley back in the 1800s, who has appeared the first cemetery in Victoria, that was right downtown, where was it, and what's going on there, Mm, we'll tell you, and (laughs) a very famous building on Broad Street that is just about to be redeveloped. The ghosts in that place will not rest easily when that work takes place. A woman who was perhaps pushed down the stairs or maybe fell on her own, but her ghost has been in that building on the stairs ever since this happened in 1899. So we've got some good stories this year.
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, if, if, if listeners have not done this, Please, I I, re, I highly recommend it because I have gone on your tours, John. It's something that any Victorian should do because, you know, it's one thing to see these things in the daytime, but to get the stories at night, you've got to look up discoverthepast.com. Give John Adams a call. Now, I it's a busy time for you. I know during Halloween, but as we said before, it's not just now. You do these year round. So you if, know. if
0: people find that it's a rainy night and they don't want to do it, we do them all year for sure. But um, we, we are requiring people now to register online in advance. So it helps us keep the numbers limited. Uh, so it's something new for us. Uh, we weren't doing that in the past, but we are now. So if you're
1: interested, discoverthepast.com. Fantastic. Well, John, as always, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. I love hearing stories. And I, I treasure every moment I get uh, to have with you because you're, you're such a, um, you've got, you hold so much knowledge of the history of our town here. It is fantastic. Thanks for coming, John. My pleasure. And to the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.